you would remain standing and turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. I mean, looking at a few verses in Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 this morning. So Ephesians 4, starting at verse 31 through chapter 5, verse 2. The words are also printed in your bulletin. Hear the word of the Lord. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You may be seated. And as you do, if you would please bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and honoring in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, as we look at the book of Ephesians and what Paul um, had to say in this letter uh, to the church there, uh, we're obviously deviating a little bit from Advent. We're not getting back into Luke quite yet. Uh, Actually, as we get into the new year, we're going to be doing a brief uh, sermon series uh, over the first five books of the Bible. Uh, One of the things that, um, as we go through Scripture, uh, one of the things that I would like to do is to to hone in on verses as we go through Luke and go verse by verse. Uh, But I also think that it's important for us to get an overview uh, of what God is doing throughout Scripture. And so we'll be taking a a book at a time from Genesis uh, through Deuteronomy. And uh, we'll be looking at that book, one uh, one book each week, uh, just to see the, the theme of what God is doing Uh, overall through the first five books of the Bible. Uh, Next week, Stephanie and I are going to be out of town, and so Del Ferris is going to be preaching. Uh, He's going to be bringing God's Word to us then. Um, Normally, I would have preached this sermon next week, uh, because one of the things that we're going to be doing in the new year is focusing on being a community to reach a community. Uh, We're starting up our missional community groups in January, and we're going to focus on um, uh, relationships with one another, uh, so that we can have relationships also with those who are non-believers and to make an impact here in Sherwood and in central Arkansas and to the ends of the earth. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Ephesians this morning and talking about this nature of, of community and what that, what that means. And what we're going to see this morning, uh, Paul calls us to put off vices which tear us apart and to put on the virtues which draw us together because of what, Christ, what God has done for us in Christ. So, um, once again, Stephanie and I want to wish you guys a, a Merry Christmas. We hope that you had a great time with family and friends. And uh, I know that some of you may have visited the movie theater over this weekend. And uh, there was a new movie that came out. It was Unbroken. I have not seen it. But according to Facebook, I know that some of you have. Um, And uh, this story, Unbroken, is a story of Louis Zamperini. Uh, Some of you may be familiar with his story. I've mentioned him from the pulpit before. 
Uh, he was a former Olympian. He was in the Berlin Games. Uh, he, was, uh, he signed up for the Air Force. He was in World War II, where as he was flying over the Pacific, he was shot down. And he and a few others spent uh, over 40 days adrift at sea, longing to be rescued, only to be rescued by the enemy and captured by the Japanese. He spent the rest of the war in, a POW, in various POW camps in Japan being tortured. Uh, he was eventually released at the end of the war, came back home, and as you can imagine, he had tremendous nightmares. He was plagued by the torture that he had endured there during the war. That is, until, until 1949, he went to a Billy Graham crusade. At that moment, he came to know the Lord, and he came to understand the meaning of forgiveness. And then in 1950, a mere five years after the war ended, he was able to go back to Japan to meet with those people who had tortured him. And he was able, he was able to forgive them. This is a great story of forgiveness. Uh, I hear that the movie does not do this justice, that unfortunately they leave out some of the biggest pieces of his story, of his faith in Christ. And that's unfortunate. Uh, because his story is not just one of, of perseverance, of making it through, of the human spirit. His story is one of forgiveness, of what Christ had done in his life, and his ability then to forgive others. Our mission here at Trinity goes like this. Trinity Fellowship Church desires to glorify God by equipping a community of believers to worship God and be witnesses of Him in central Arkansas and to the ends of the earth. Now, as we approach this new year, one of the things that we as a church will be focusing on is being a community of believers. As we look at these verses from the, the letter to the Ephesians, the Lord gives us very clear instructions on how we are to live with one another, how we are to live in relationship, how we are to live in community. That we are to put off vices, to put on virtues, uh, because of what God has done for us in Christ. So starting with verse 31, uh, putting off the vices. What does that mean? Paul says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Now this list of vices isn't something that he sees outside of the church. Unfortunately, this is what he sees inside the church. Because this is a letter to the people in the church at Ephesus. And if we're honest, we see these vices in our community as well. Of bitterness. We feel bitterness in our hearts towards others for things that are said, whether intentional or unintentional. Uh, a comment that is taken wrong as we're loading up our, our plates at a fellowship dinner uh, a conversation that we might overhear as we're walking out of church. Uh, we harbor this bitter resentment uh, towards one another for things that get under our skin and the root of bitterness uh, takes hold in our hearts. Paul talks about anger. You know, anger is not something that I thought that I would struggle with in my life. 
And then I became a parent. Parenting sometimes uh, brings out the best in us, right? <laughs> sometimes it brings out the worst as well. Uh, I struggle with anger. Um, when things don't go exactly as I want them to go, when there's that mess that happens again, uh, my fuse, I find, gets shorter and shorter as I become more and more frustrated. This happens a lot with us, doesn't it? Not just at home, but in the church as well. Little things set us off. We become upset and anger grows. Slander. We talk about people behind their backs. We do it. And it's often not good chatter. Uh, we gossip in the form of prayer requests, feigning genuine concern. But in reality, we're just being nosy. And we want to know what's going on in other people's lives. Um, we have the tendency to go to other people and just say, you know what, can I just vent to you for a second about so-and-so? Can you believe what Jane did to me? This is slander. And we're good at it. We're good at it as Christians. And the reason that we're good at these things is because they're easy. They're easy to do these things. Vices are much easier to engage in than their counterpart virtues. The vices come much more naturally to us. We get hurt by others, and so we strike back. Sometimes directly, often indirectly. But we feel, you know what, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. It's this natural defense mechanism that we revert to. It's a way that we feel like we're protecting ourselves, but in reality, we're just causing a whole lot of pain, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others as well. And when we allow the vices of the world to enter into our community, incredible amounts of damage is done to our relationships within that community. Bitterness and rage and slander wreak havoc. And what they do is they simply tear people apart. They destroy community instead of bringing us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, they cause us to retreat. We go to our corners and uh, we don't engage with one another. We start living defensive and self-protective lives. Uh, we build these walls that we live behind so that no one can hurt us. We build defenses against pain, hoping the hurt won't reach us, rather than giving the pain over to Christ. And we avoid these deep relationships and giving ourselves to others because we feel that the risk of the pain that may result is greater than the reward that we may receive. Now, we truly do long for community, for relationship with one another, but we don't know how to achieve it always. So we go on retreat, and we retreat to our phones or to the internet. We hope that these will build community. We go on websites, social networking. We think that by being connected, we will have this community, but we come away disappointed, often causing us to be more bitter, more angry, inciting even more slander. And our relationships today are a lot like the social media that we enjoy. They're like text messages or tweets. We do relationships in 140 characters because we don't know how to do anything more. And at our core, don't we really long for something more? 
something deeper, something more meaningful. But how do we get there? How do we rid ourselves of these vices? And how do we engage with one another in deep relationships and in true community? Well, as Martin Luther said in his famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, he says, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed His truth, His truth to triumph through us. Through us. And that truth is the Word of God that's contained in the Scriptures. You know, when Luther sparked the Reformation, which turned the Christian world on its head, um, one of the main truths that came out of that was sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. It means that Scripture is alone is where we find God's truth. This is where we turn to find the answers in life. God has given us all that we need in His Word. And so what do Scriptures say? Well, if we keep going in our passage this morning, Scripture says this, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So if we take off, if we put off these vices, Paul calls us to put on virtue, put on these things of, of kindness, uh, of tenderheartedness, of compassion, in other words, of forgiveness, and of love. These are the things that are to characterize true community. Now if I were honest for a moment, these things don't sound very manly, if I can be honest. It sounds kind of like weakness. You know, you need to be kind. You need to be compassionate. But kindness and tenderheartedness and love and forgiveness are far from easy. In fact, these are things that are very, very difficult for us to do. Uh, when my family and I lived in Georgia, um, we felt very strongly that God had used us and put us in a place uh, where we could be a light in our neighborhood. And we genuinely desired uh, that we could share the love of Christ with our neighbors. But we quickly found that it was very difficult to do that. Uh, we were part of a homeowners association that was rough from the get-go. Um, it had uh, started up about 10 years before we had gotten there. And uh, there were some things that were promised to the homeowners there that never uh, actually had uh, taken place. And so there was the root of bitterness there in, in, the, in the association. And uh, the association was dissolved, but then it was restarted again, and people didn't know if it was actually there or not. And so there was this root of bitterness. And um, uh, one of our neighbors uh, was known especially for this. And uh, one of the things that we had done in our backyard just to conserve some energy, is we had put up a clothesline. And so a clothesline stretched in our fenced, privacy-fenced backyard. And uh, as I was on the board of the Homeowners Association, because we wanted to be a light, um, I received a note during one meeting that, uh, according to the bylaws, that we were not allowed to have a clothesline in our backyard. We didn't know that. And so, uh, but we were frustrated, because it was just a clothesline. Nobody could see it. Did it really matter? And the person didn't come to us and just say, you know, you, you don't need to have that clothesline up. It's against the bylaws. 
Instead, uh, it was delivered to us in that way. And that was just really frustrating. Yes, technically it was against the rules and against the covenants. But we just desired for them to come to us. Um, We wanted to live in the sort of community where there would be kindness and compassion towards one another. So, um, So we took the clothesline down. And over years of living there in that house, we tried our best to reach out to that neighbor. Uh, Our home group even joined in in reaching out to help her. And by the time that we left, uh, instead of bitterness, we had a great relationship with her. It was actually really good. Um, She actually gave our kids presents. One of their most favorite things to get out at Christmas is this uh, this, uh, this set of Mickey Mouse uh, houses that play Christmas songs, and Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck pop out. And it was a gift that she had given to our children. Um, it was amazing the difference that we saw in her. And in fact, we still keep in touch with her today. She called not long ago. We got Christmas cards from her. But that was hard work. It would have been a lot easier for Stephanie and I to react in anger and bitterness towards this neighbor, slandering them to our friends and our neighbors. And believe me, we wanted to, and we probably did on occasion. Um, We were upset. Uh, But this is the typical response to being hurt. We want to settle the score with others. We want to hurt others like they hurt us. But what this does is drive a wedge deeper and deeper into our relationships, separating us from others until finally we're so split that we don't even have a relationship anymore. But Scripture calls us to be kind, to forgive, and to love. And it's hard. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And it takes the ability to place other people's needs above your own. You know, we want people to show kindness and love to us because we have our struggles. Uh, the things that are going on in our lives. We want what God calls us to give to others, and it's hard to get outside of ourselves. So how do we show kindness? How do we show love to other people? Uh, It starts by giving each other the benefit of the doubt. If someone hurts you with a comment that they make, assume the best. Assume that it was not intentional. And don't hold it against them. Be secure in who you are in Christ, that what other people say doesn't matter. I know the saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we know that that's not true, because words do hurt. But, as God says in the Scripture, we are God's beloved children. And we need to rest in that fact. If you can't let it go, then you must go to them directly. And this is, I think, where we struggle as a community. Uh, We're good at going to every other place except to the source when we have an issue. But we need to go to that person and address them in love, expressing what had happened, how we feel, um, and pray that they would receive us with kindness. And we need to learn how to truly forgive one another. The ability to forgive, first of all, comes from the understanding that we all need forgiveness. You know, Louis Zamperini would never have been able to forgive his tormentors. 
unless he himself had experienced the forgiveness of Christ. In order to forgive well, we can't come at it from an air of superiority, looking down on others as they confess their sins. Instead, genuine forgiveness comes from a place of knowing that except for the grace of God, that that's where we would be as well. And when we forgive, it's important to not use the phrase, don't worry about it. No big deal. We're really good at that. In fact, I do it a lot. Oh, yeah, not a big deal. You know, we don't need to worry about it. But instead, we need to offer true forgiveness to say, yes, I acknowledge what happens and I forgive you. Those words, I forgive you, are very powerful. Once you say those words, I forgive you, something necessarily has to happen at that point. Because when we say, I forgive you, then we need to treat that person as if the offense had not been committed, like it didn't happen. In other words, we can't say, I forgive you, and then hold on to that and throw that back in their face later on when we face another argument or a disagreement, because that's not real forgiveness. We're great at doing that, aren't we? Especially when it comes to marriage. We hold on to those things. We remember them. But in true forgiveness, we let them go. But it's hard to actually forgive and to move forward because we remember the pain. We remember how we were hurt. But when we're kind and we're loving and offering forgiveness, we love as God loves. We don't react out of our pain and out of our hurt Instead, we react out of love for one another. You know, living in community with each other, it's hard. It's hard. Kindness, tenderheartedness, compassion, and love, these are difficult things. But we cannot have a biblical community without them. And so as we start up these missional community groups that are starting up in January, this is one of the things that will characterize, I pray, these groups. Uh, a kindness towards one another, a tenderheartedness, uh, a love for one another, a forgiveness. You see, bitterness, anger, slander, malice, all these things drive us apart. But kindness, forgiveness, and love draw us into community with one another. These virtues are impossible, though, without a giving of oneself, without a living sacrificially. The only way to put off these vices and to put on these virtues is through Christ. And we need to live as imitators of God through faith in Christ. So how was Louis Zamperini able to forgive? The only reason he was able to forgive is because he himself was forgiven in Christ. Paul says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving as God in Christ forgave you. Love as Christ loved and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The kindness and the compassion that God shows us in Christ, the forgiveness that we have in him, came while we were Christ's enemies. As Paul says in Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, while we were God's enemies, 
while we were shaking our fist at God and spitting in His face. That is when Christ died for us. Through His death and His resurrection, God showed us the greatest kindness imaginable. The greatest compassion that the world has ever seen. Because through Christ, we are able to have forgiveness of sins and life everlasting with God in heaven. Because of what God has done for us through Christ, we can enter into relationship with God. And we can be called His beloved children, as our passage says this morning. And not only that, we have communion and we have relationship with one another. We have communion with Him and we have communion with our fellow brothers and sisters, the family of God. And here on earth, it's not perfect community. Sometimes it's far from it. But that is our fault, not God's. One day we will experience this perfect community with each other and with God. But only through faith in Christ. Without faith in Christ, we are left with what the world has to offer. With bitterness, with anger, with rage, malice, slander. Without faith in Christ, we cannot put off these things. We cannot try uh, to rid ourselves of these vices. It's impossible. We cannot do it. Without faith in Christ, we try and try to love, but in the end, we will end up exhausted. It's faith in Christ that changes our hearts. You know, imagine the bitterness, the rage that Louis Zamperini had felt in his heart. Can you imagine what he had going on inside of him. And could you blame him, really, after enduring years of torture? Can you imagine? Uh, we would say, it's okay to feel the way that you do. I don't blame you. But Zamperini came to realize that he was the one. He needed forgiveness that is offered through Christ. Think of it this way. Because of Zamperini's own sin, he was in the same position before God as the men who were torturing him. He was no better. And he came to realize that. And this is where we all stand before God. But God in Christ has shown great love to us. Through Christ, He loved us and He sacrificed Himself for us. He is kind and He is tender-hearted, forgiving us. And this love that God showers on us frees us to shed our bitterness, to shed our anger, our rage, our malice, our slander, shed these things that divide us, and for us to put on the kindness, the tender-heartedness, the love that brings us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let us pray. Our most gracious God and our Father in heaven, one who has shown great love and tenderheartedness and kindness and compassion to us, we thank You for the gift of Your Son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness that we have in Him. 
I pray that we would first of all understand the need that we have for your forgiveness. The fact that we are sinners. And I pray that we would take this, Lord, and we would lay this at your feet. That we would offer ourselves in confession to you. That we would experience the forgiveness uh, of your son's death on the cross. And that we would use that to be kind and tender-hearted, showing love to others, being compassionate and forgiving others just as you have forgiven us. Lord, work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Do the hard work in us so that we can do the hard work of loving others by the power of your Spirit, for your glory, for the advancement of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.